What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Isaiah Jackson is the author of Bitcoin in Black America. In this conversation, we discuss banking crimes, Greenpeace, Black Wall Street, Floyd Mayweather, Bitcoin summer camp, and why the noise never matters. I really enjoyed this conversation with Isaiah, and I hope you do as well. Before we get into this episode, though, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. First up is Public Rec. Public Rec is on a mission to make comfort look good, and they're doing a damn good job of it. They simply make the most comfortable clothes I've ever worn. Their fan favorite, Flex Short, is the ultimate crossover short you'll need all summer long. From the beach to the gym, this quick-drying short has you covered. Comfort starts with a better fit, and this short allows you to go to the gym or show up to that formal event that somebody wants you to go to but tells you don't wear basketball shorts. So get on top of the free shipping and free returns by visiting publicrec.com slash pomp and use code POMP at checkout for 10% off. That's right. If you go to publicrec.com slash POMP, you get free shipping, free returns, and then use the code POMP at checkout for 10% off. Public Rec, the world's most comfortable clothes. I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. So go check it out. Next up are our friends over at Kraken. Kraken is one of the most established and secure places to buy and sell crypto online. Kraken has been on the forefront of the blockchain revolution for 10 years. Their mission is to bring crypto to the masses. So whether you're an experienced OG or just placing your first trade, Kraken has the tools to help you achieve financial freedom. With more than 60 cryptocurrencies to choose from, you can easily invest in some of the most popular projects in the industry, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Doge, or earn extra rewards through staking assets like Polkadot and Cardano. Kraken also provides in-depth articles and guides on every crypto they list, so you can get up to speed quickly and make smarter investor decisions. Visit kraken.com slash pomp to get started today. Again, kraken.com slash pomp to get started today. K-R-A-K-E-N dot com slash pomp. Go check them out. Last but not least is Unstoppable Domains. Unstoppable Domains has teamed up with OKX to make crypto simpler by supporting dot crypto domains on their exchange. Unstoppable Domains allows you to receive over 70 cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Chainlink, with a single blockchain domain name. This makes it so much easier for millions of users to send and receive crypto by using their name, like pomp.crypto. That's what I have, pomp.crypto. It's pretty cool, right? It's the stress-free experience needed for mainstream crypto adoption. Plus, .crypto domains are NFTs that are stored in your wallet, so you permanently own them and can transfer to your other wallets as needed. Go to unstoppabledomains.com and get your name .crypto to make your crypto life easier. Again, unstoppabledomains.com and get whatever the name is that you want .crypto to make your crypto life easier. Go check them out, unstoppabledomains.com. Or if you want me to get credit, unstoppabledomains.com slash r slash pomp. I don't know why the r is there, but that's what they told me. Unstoppabledomains.com slash r slash pomp. All right, let's get in this episode with Isaiah. I hope you enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only.
All right, guys. Bang, bang. Got Isaiah here with me. What's going on, man? Nothing much, man. Always good to see you. <laughs> Especially in Miami. I, I feel like you've been coming to Miami more often now. Definitely. I, every time I can. And and really, with uh, Mayor Suarez doing the new stuff, it's easier now. Bitcoin is all welcome, so I'm coming. He he clearly stated he wants Miami to be Bitcoin City. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I feel like he's actually taking steps towards it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it everywhere. I've seen Bitcoin stickers. Bitcoin people accept it. I mean, he has the white paper on the website come on man i mean <laughs> he really wants us to come through so <laughs> definitely a special uh place i come every time i can so people have yeah. forgotten that he did that he took yeah. the mm -hmm. satoshi's white paper and he mm -hmm. put it on the city of miami's website exactly and it's just sitting there mm -hmm. and everybody can view it and he even has a plan for people to get paid in bitcoin he has a you know ftx has the name on the miami heat i mean he's going all the way so yeah definitely a, a beautiful place to come for bitcoiners especially now all right. So mm -hmm. what's not so beautiful is uh, Greenpeace uh, <laughs> recently said they're not going to accept Bitcoin anymore. Mm -hmm. And you had this epic rant. So just tell what happened and what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think it was a culmination of seeing all of this coordinated uh, journalists and, and people in the media talking about the environment with Bitcoin. This is an old argument. I mean, this was 2017 when I first saw that. Um, and we've even seen the, the argument against Amazon because of the environment back in 99. So it's just an old argument. I think uh, the people who are in power who want that environmental money from the, the EPA or whoever from the government, they have to keep it going. Bitcoin is just a new target. It's a new kid on the block. They're saying it in Greenpeace in particular. When they said they're not accepting it, I was like, why are you, you know, basically succumbing to the environmental pressure? But that's who pays them. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to go with it. And the rant, the only reason it was kind of epic, it was, like I said, a culmination of just seeing it. I was like, I know these people are working together. I mean, who, who sent the email out where all these people all of a sudden are talking about the environment? Do, so do you Peace, think that they're actually like colluding with each other? Like there's like a secret I, I, meeting and they all are get on the conference well, call and they're I, I like. Don't, I don't know if it's a secret meeting, but it's different. It uh, it's, it's different media places. And I think they may send out an email like, hey, this may be the thing to talk about um, because it happened right in a row. It was like six or seven media stories I saw within a two week span. And then Greenpeace comes out and they're not accepting it. And I'm like, okay, well, um, they're so big, you know, it may, it, you know, it may impact people. I've seen people even say, I don't want to buy Bitcoin because it may impact the environment. And I was like, this just popped up out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> so Greenpeace, them doing it, um, you know, that's why that rant was what it was. But at the end of the day, I just think they were scared of whatever ramifications may come from it. And then they'll figure it out later. I actually don't think that there's like a, a secret meeting or like no, a conference no, 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 call. No, 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 no. But what I do think is that they're all colluding with each other because there's a mm -hmm. lack of original thinking that yeah. goes on inside these large organizations. <laughs> what they see is they see, you know, let me go on uh, such and such uh, media outlets website. Oh, mm -hmm. look, their, P their hit piece on Bitcoin's <laughs> energy consumption is their number one article. Yeah. We don't have one of those. We should go write an article. Mm -hmm. And they task somebody and they say, hey, go write this. Yeah. And in some cases, the journalist may not even know why they're being assigned something. Oftentimes, right? yeah. But also there's sometimes where literally these idiots are sitting there waiting to write the hit piece, right? And they're like, oh, the price fell. Finally, I can write it and not look like an idiot. Yeah. And so I think that it, it's, um, it definitely feels like there was a big wave mm -hmm. uh, and nobody is going to explain mm -hmm. in any um, kind of uh, competent way that anything changed with the information as to why all yeah. of a sudden this is an issue, but it wasn't an it issue wasn't six, six weeks ago, yeah. six months ago. And, and they accept the petrodollar. It's in the name. It, that's <laughs> way more energy uh, inefficient than Bitcoin. And we've already had, we already have the stats. It's not even, it's a mute point at this point. I mean, we already know Bitcoin doesn't use anywhere as much uh, energy consumption as gold, as banks, as 
pretty much anything. I mean, I think Christmas lights uses more energy consumption than Bitcoin at this point. So uh, it's a mute point, And I think it is colluded simply because of that. It's, a, it's an argument that is really just to get people to not do it. And that may be the influence on Elon Musk, you know, maybe switching switching his uh, position. Um, I don't think Did that's he switch forever, though? but like, that's why I said I don't I didn't think that was forever. I think he just said it. And then he realized, you know, uh, maybe we can solve it with Michael Saylor. They're having meetings, Bitcoin Mining Council. So I don't know. All of this stuff coming at the same time. It seems like there's something going on as far as a uh, my, my a, guess a is that uh, the fact that Tesla did not sell any cars for Bitcoin Nobody probably played into some of this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which, by the way, means that Bitcoiners are smart, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but two is that uh, how do you stop taking the payments mm-hmm. and? not have to answer the question as to why you're not accepting it. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a kind of a good cop out, but they Mm -hmm. didn't sell any Bitcoin. It'll be very interesting to see if they bought more Mm -hmm. when the price fell so aggressively. Oh yeah. Well, I think long-term plan, they're going to use their, their energy at some point to mine Bitcoin. I think that's the ultimate plan. It's just all this stuff in between is just, nah, it's just noise. Um, And I think because he has teamed up with Michael Saylor or they had that meeting and we have seen what their discussions are about, you know, it's only 10% of the mining. It's not like it's a big thing, but the fact that they are being transparent, trying to do these things, I think they're just trying to succumb as well. But it's it's a good thing, right? I mean, I guess you want to try and make it as as energy efficient as possible. Would you renewable energy? What do you think of the mining council? Um, at first, you know, it was like a shock. Like, why would you even talk to Elon? He's not even, you know, <laughs> he doesn't mind. Um, but the miners that did join, they were reputable. And the people that were there, they, you know, had a discussion. But it's nothing wrong with a discussion. I mean, it's not a big thing. And I think a lot of people were mad at first again because they didn't look into it. But again, it's only 10 percent of the miners in the world. And they already do that. They are they're already transparent. They already give out the information. So, um, you know, the net net of it, I think, is just uh, a meeting they had. And we'll see what comes of it. I forget who said it, um, but I saw somebody, I think maybe from Galaxy or, or yep. whatever, mm-hmm. uh, came out and said, look, maybe the word council yeah. give, gives this like <laughs> a like, feeling yeah. of mm-hmm. like, oh, you have to come to us and we as the council mm-hmm. will uh, will approve yeah. or make decisions. It's, it's, uh, and instead, if they had said association, mm-hmm. right, just maybe. by changing the, the nomenclature, all of a sudden the people would be like, ah, cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, of course, the miners have an association, you yeah. know, to, to whatever. <laughs> and so uh, when I saw that, I was like, man, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're going to change the name, but yeah. they, they didn't change the name. They kept yeah. it as council. And, and, and people said it felt segwittish. Like it felt like a, a, push, a pushback. But at the end of the day, again, segwit was like a, you know, you're on our side or not. This is sort of like it's just a meeting. It, it wasn't a, a backroom uh, thing. So, you know, not not really bad net net of it, but we'll see what it, comes It's up. one of the funny things uh, to me in, in the Bitcoin world where there's a fine line, right? Like mm-hmm. I think most people in Bitcoin, this is an overgeneralization, but but yeah. most people, uh, they believe in free speech. They believe in freedom of association, mm-hmm. right? They believe in the ability for if you want to go have a meeting, go have a meeting. You want to go and do something, go do it, right? Whatever. Freedom, uh, but the free market will kind of take over the, mm-hmm. the social construct, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, by the way, if you go and you do something stupid, you can't be upset then if somebody calls you stupid for doing it, right? Um, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> there's been examples in history where people have had the meeting and they became a threat or they attacked Bitcoin and, and the network and all this stuff. And so yeah. uh, it, it's a balance, right? Between, mm-hmm. hey, just because you have the meeting, that's okay, right? Yeah. And the next stuff, I have whatever meetings you want. Mm-hmm. But if you come, you know, if you come at the king, you best <laughs> you, not miss. You best right? not miss. Exactly. Shout out to the wire. Because, again, when the, as Michael Steele would say, the cyber hornets are on you, you better be able to defend yourself. And we self-regulate. We basically, those people that were against it or, you know, against it happening, we kind of kicked them out the community. <laughs> I mean, that's just how we do. And I think it's, it's healthy as a marketplace of ideas. 
Yeah. And like you just said, free thinkers in Bitcoin, everybody's free to argue. And, you know, somebody that was in computer science like myself, that's how you get good products. Yep. They literally start off by critiquing you from top to You don't get praise until you're a billionaire. Like nobody cares. They're like, yeah, this is trash and this sucks. So it keeps you sharp, keeps you going. I think Bitcoiners do that. Awesome. Mark Andreessen recently gave this interview, and I'm going to paraphrase the uh, the quote that he uh, said in it. But he mm-hmm. said, "Listen, you know, for 2,500 years, we yeah. have found that the only way to get progress mm-hmm. from like the default state of misery and just <laughs> uh, despair mm-hmm. is to be able to freely think, yeah. write, and argue." Yep. Right. Those things mm-hmm. are actually what create the progress, not OK, nobody do anything. Because when you have a world of nobody do anything, Man. you get no progress still. Yeah. And it's boring. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, even in Bitcoin, I look for people to argue with sort of just to keep it fun because it, when it's an echo chamber of ideas. It's like, all right, we all agree, whatever. But you're right. Yep. Marketplace of ideas and and definitely pushing what you believe. I, I respect somebody that I feel is wrong as long as they have conviction in what they say. And and. That's what Bitcoin is doing. You, mm-hmm. you keep using the phrase marketplace of ideas. And yes. then in the same mm-hmm. interview, it reminded me, uh, he says that uh, we should seek marketplace of ideas, mm-hmm. not a marketplace of an idea. And exactly. the S on the end mm-hmm. of ideas is really important, very important. right? That's a very important be- S. <laughs> be- because the, uh, the, the, and he's talking specifically about kind of ma- legacy or corporate media. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about, look, there is no marketplace of ideas with an S, right? It's just, there's one idea that is what everyone is supposed to cover, write, talk Absolutely. about. And if you stray from that, then literally you are shunned from the community. And I think that the what makes Bitcoin so unique is that there's argument all day long, right? And <laughs> mm-hmm. some of it is just completely entertainment purposes only. Especially right? social media. I mean, you got people with, you know, cat logos and, and moon <laughs> moon boys and whatever with the Lambos. Yeah. So you don't even have a profile pic. But yeah, it's all fun and games to me. I mean, that's why I like conferences. So we can see people in person and then people can argue. That's why even uh, on my show, a daily show, The Gentleman of Crypto, we have Fuck Bitcoin Fridays. So you can show up in person and tell us why you don't like Bitcoin or why you disagree with something we said. What do people say? I mean, people love it. I mean, it's something that... But do they show up and actually say like well, real we, stuff? we've only had about two arguments, but most yeah. people come on and they argue what other people are saying. Like, yeah, this was trash or this sucks. But most people, uh, the arguments we've had, they have been entertaining because most of them don't know what they're talking about. But yep. yeah, it's great. And like you said... On social media, you see it, you see the disagreements, but it's just good, good exercise. Well, one of the arguments recently that's been fascinating to watch is this whole idea of a marathon, mm-hmm. uh, the mining business, yes. um, that uh, up until literally today, they've basically said two things. One, they were going to mine these OFAC compliant blocks, right, mm-hmm. which basically meant yeah. they were going to censor some transactions. Yep. Uh, and then two was uh, the upgrade of new software. Yeah. They essentially were refusing mm-hmm. to accept that upgrade or to participate. On purpose, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, very yeah. intentional. Um, and so today it came out, new CEO uh, over the last 30 days, yep. uh, Fred Thiel, and he basically just said, look, we're going to accept the upgrade. We're not going to censor transactions. Like all the things that I think the community thought they should have done from day one. Yeah, just start but with it. to their mm-hmm. credit, they listened, they're acting, all that. Uh, but I think it's a perfect example of there was arguing and, and you could say all you want that like mm-hmm. the Bitcoins were going after somebody. But ultimately, it meant mm. that they had to bend to the will of the community, to the yeah. social consensus, right? And so do you think that's a mm. good thing or is that is there a better way to get that result without uh, maybe some of the toxicity or uh, <laughs> uh, the arguing or, or whatever you want to talk about? Actually, no. I think um, you I know, agree with you. I, I wish it was a better way, but this is how we are as humans. It, you have some toxic, you have some good conversations, whatever the, the, the pot of stew is, you put it together and we come up with something good. And I think... Um, 
you know, with their decision coming out later, that pressure is because of consensus. Again, we have a consensus mechanism built into the money. So, of course, with the people, our consensus uh, is a part of that. So I think we have pressured a lot of people to <laughs> basically change their minds. I mean, think about it. We got banks to capitulate. We can convince anybody. <laughs> we shamed Mark Cuban into liking Bitcoin <laughs> because he said it was bananas. Like, and he's a billionaire. You got 17-year-old teenagers talking about him on social media. So, I mean, yes, there are some you know different things people don't like. But overall, I mean, there's some very, really smart people. We need all of it, I think. And I think, again, freedom of speech is number one. I I, uh, I really, really like Mark. I think he's incredibly yeah. intelligent. And <laughs> yeah, um, the thing absolutely. I respect the most about him is he goes and he does the work, yep. right? So like, mm-hmm. there's a point where he was like, all oh, this is nonsense. You guys are all idiots, mm-hmm. whatever. And then literally like, I don't know, six weeks later, I saw him on a podcast and he literally sounded smarter about <laughs> all of, and, and not just like at a high level, right? I'm talking about yeah. like very, very um, kind of in the weeds, application specific stuff. Yep. And I said, this guy went and did a crash course. He went and did mm-hmm. the work and he came out the other side and he changed his mind. And also you have to respect the fact that he changed his mind, right? With presented with new information, all that. Everybody gets it when they get it. But <laughs> with all that said, one of the funniest moments I've seen over the last two years mm-hmm. is uh, he tweeted something early on before the conversion. Yeah. And uh, some anonymous or pseudonymous account <laughs> on, on Twitter literally said, have fun staying poor. And, and I literally was saying to myself, yeah. wait a minute, there is literally a pseudonymous account telling a billionaire to a have billionaire. fun staying poor. And that's what I like about us. I mean, even if it doesn't make sense, we just we stick we stick to our guns. And it's that's more about the ethos, right? Exactly. It, was, it was more about the message it was delivering exactly. than mm-hmm. it was about yeah. and uh, I'm sure got, accuracy. Yeah, and I'm sure got his attention just like it has other people i mean they can say they don't have that social pressure but when you're on social media a lot and you start seeing it from a bunch of accounts and again anonymous pseudo anonymous account he's mark cuban he could just ignore it but it's hitting him somewhere because he did the work he learned about bitcoin he's accepting dogecoin i think he invested in uh what was that polygon or something uh matic uh, yeah, yeah recently yeah. so he's he's doing the work so you can only meet people where they are and once they get it they get it if not hey bitcoin is a, they'll figure it out I know somebody who uh, used to work with, and I don't think they still work mm. with them. Maybe they do, maybe they don't, um, in an investing capacity. Yeah. And uh, this is maybe five, six years ago. Uh, and he was really focused on artificial intelligence. I remember mm. asking, like, well, yeah. what is he doing to kind of learn about it? And like, oh, you want to know what this guy <laughs> does? He literally is going and getting the academic papers. He's mm. going and getting the actual technology. And he's mm. reading books like, you know, Introduction to Artificial Like. He's going to understand it better than the founders who are pitching him within a couple of weeks. Yep. And it feels like that's what he did on crypto. That's what right? keeps you ahead. He did yeah. the work. And now all of a sudden he's very, very intelligent when people come and ask him about stuff. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that keeps you ahead because, again, you don't have to pay those people now. Now you learn it. <laughs> I got my own money. And he went out and did it. Kudos to him. Yeah. What do you think about laser eyes? Oh, man. It's, it's funny. I have mixed feelings because right. I started with laser eyes. But then I was like, I want to get them after 100K. Like, People was like, laser rays to 100K is cool. But I was like, no, nah, that'd be cool. But I want to get it after 100K until we go to a million, 100 million. Because I think that's the tipping point of everybody who has these environmental debates or anything about the price or it dipping. 100K is the end of it forever. I mean, you can't can't argue it. So I think it should be over already. <laughs> but uh, but 100K is the end of it. And then we can laser rays until the end of our days. So. So you think 100K, that that specific price point has like a, like a psychological impact. Mm-hmm. Explain that more. Um, so I think for one thing, when we saw 10,000, as you know, I remember early in Bitcoin, 2013, 14, when I started, um, 10,000, I was like, that is, we're rich if we get to 10,000. <laughs> so um, I think that was for early adopters. And I think the new wave, which are millions of people, way more people, them seeing Bitcoin at its all-time high, 2017, Hitting that point, because a lot of people bought the top. They just saw it on the news, FOMO'd into it, 
and now they're in, in profit. But seeing a hundred thousand, it basically gets rid of the if you buy it at some point, oh, I'm losing money. It's like just hold it. Like we have even stronger holders. And I think I saw Stanley Drunkenmiller say eighty six percent of people that bought the top did not sell in two thousand seventeen. So they're getting stronger. So I think when that's I, a wild stat, right? Yeah, the, that's, the specific that's thing he stat. said was. Yeah. Uh, uh, he wasn't into Bitcoin, crypto, any of this yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Paul Tudor Jones called him up and yes, said, right, yeah. said, Stan, and they're, and they're, from what I understand, very good friends, yep. talk almost mm -hmm. daily, all stuff. Uh, and Paul Tudor Jones said to him, uh, of the people who bought Bitcoin at $17,000, mm -hmm. 86% held it as it <laughs> dropped from $17,000 to $3,000. Yep. Stanley Jerkman was like, who the hell holds <laughs> oh. something from seventeen thousand down to three thousand? Exactly. And Paul Tudor Jones like exactly. <laughs> They're, yeah. not They're not selling. Yeah. <laughs> They're not selling. Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and he, he cited yeah. that uh, mm -hmm. recently as one of the reasons why he started to actually become more. Uh, I don't even know. Sympathetic is probably not the right word. Just just more interested in it. Yeah. Right. And doing the work, like you said. And I think that is a big uh, proponent. And then psychologically, again, we passed hundred k. I mean, man. It's, it's it's pretty much over and then at that point i think it's just accepted i think we're almost there it's just this last dip kind of scared people out but we, we're not worried about people with lettuce hands like dave portnoy <laughs> who <laughs> he's said, got his one bitcoin yeah, right whatever man he sold at the first sign of trouble i would hear but he came back again like we said people learn later they get it but again there's some people that are still new they'll learn they'll hold and then they'll become you know the future holders they'll be telling the class of 2022 and whoever the same thing but i think 100k psychologically that's the that's the point forget for a second the uh the substance of the yeah. content the reason why i love dave is did you see the video where he picked a shit coin and he did it like a like a what college yeah, uh, like college hats. selection yeah what was it safe moon he chose <laughs> yeah. come on dave <laughs> how much are you paying Look, you man for, for, forget for a second the the mm -hmm. coins he's picking all this stuff but just the yeah. idea that yeah. i'm gonna go and i'm gonna treat it like a college selection video i mean he's he's creative but come on man <laughs> and then, then his all choice video his choice was safe moon and i was like jesus christ what is going on but but I want to ask too. Did you see Soldier Boy did the same thing with no. his promotion? What did he do? Shout out to Soldier Boy. Love your stuff. But he accidentally tweeted out the email of how much he got paid. Oh, I did see that. He copy and, and pasted like, it, right? Oh, come on. Not this is like 2017 again, ICO days. So I'm like, come on, man. But do you think it was Holla intentional? Soldier Boy, I got you, man. I help you <laughs> do what you got to do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just you think it was it intentional? Ah, no, I don't think so. I think he may have just did it quickly, like maybe on his phone. I don't know. But if it was, it was genius because it got him more. Because it got more engagement, <laughs> got more hits. right? So, um, and plus, I thought the price was low. I was like twenty four thousand. He got twenty four thousand dollars. If they got two hundred and forty thousand, uh, yeah, something like that. I don't. Yeah. Know. But uh, either way, it's just this has been going on since the McAfee days. Nothing new. Um, but it's just you, funny. You know, because, I flew down to the Bahamas and went on John McAfee's no. boat. No, no, I didn't know that. You oh, went to yeah. go talk to him or just hang out? Like, no, nah, I went. And I record a podcast. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, you I, I flew to the nice. uh, Bahamas. He told me where he was, <laughs> and I brought my brother with me. I, oh yeah, I, I which one? I mean, cra crazy how many, business how many was gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> which and, one, Joe? Uh, and we went on his boat. <laughs> And uh, mm -hmm. he got hammered. He was having time of his life. That's right. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was the craziest experience mm -hmm. because this guy had guns every, I mean, everywhere. <laughs> and at the end, yeah. we did a whole interview. I put it up on YouTube. You watch it. You're like, yeah, I got to watch like, it. Man. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but at man. the very end, he says to me, goes, you want to take a picture? Mm -hmm. I said, sure, man. And <laughs> so he goes, all right, come on with me. We go up <laughs> on the back of the boat mm -hmm. uh, uh, up top. And uh, he's got like a shotgun. He's got a rifle. He's got all this stuff. He goes, here, you oh, take yeah. this one. Hey, bro. I, I'm, uh, good. I'm all good, man. <laughs> and, and he said to me, he said, uh, Oh, yeah, your followers wouldn't like if you were holding the gun. I said, no, I'm pretty sure they're cool with me holding the gun. I don't want to hold <laughs> your, your gun. gun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I love your job, but, hey, I don't know exactly what you've been through, brother. Look, um, look when I was hanging out with them, I'll yeah. tell you this, though, mm -hmm. it, it, and it's very fascinating, right? Yeah. 
when you see somebody like that, what you realize is my mm. biggest takeaway when I left is everyone thinks this guy's crazy. This guy's no. way smarter. He's he way more intelligent than people think he is. Mm-hmm. Right? And we, we interviewed him as well. And Did he, you guys? He was drinking his whole bottle of wine, the whole interview. He started from when he started, I think, college all the way up to like all his career. I mean, again, fascinating man. Super, super smart. I mean, I think his antics get, you know. I mean, that's that's what people like to see. But again, intelligent, very smart man. And I don't know what he's doing now as far as with the case. Is he locked he, up? I think he's got arrested. He got arrested. Yeah. Well, he was on the boat when we talked to him. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I think as long as he stayed on the boat, he was cool. And then he got off the I boat think he at got some off point. Somewhere. They got him. Exactly. And, yeah. and it wasn't in the U.S., but they still got him. <laughs> um, all right. So you recently posted this video uh, yeah. of the banks. And oh, yeah. uh, absolutely hysterical. <laughs> right. So you basically... Filmed individual banks, like mm-hmm. the bit, like the physical buildings here in Miami, yep. and then you were like, "Yo, J.P. Morgan, remember when you got fined your nine hundred million dollars or whatever was this for uh, for for gold and silver market manipulation? Yep. Hey, mm-hmm. you know HSBC, what about the cartel? Uh, mm-hmm. How much did you get fined there? And you just went bank by bank by bank by bank. Mm-hmm. Why does nobody else talk about this? Like, why is it that when we see you do something like that, everyone's mm-hmm. like, "Oh wow, like yeah, that's like super compelling." Mm-hmm. Why doesn't the media cover it that way? Um, because that's who pays their salary. <laughs> you, we all work for somebody. I mean, we're all adults here, and you can't talk bad about the people that fund the politicians who are on your show. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, the Bitcoin ethos was started out as competition or as a opposition to the banks because of what they've done historically. And it was just pointing out things that are very easily Googleable, <laughs> if that's a, if that's a term. Mm-hmm. Just use Google. You can see it for yourself. Um, and the things that they've done, especially with writing Bitcoin in Black America. In my community, I need people to realize that these people are, do not have your best intentions. They're a business. They do what they do. They get off with it sometimes. They pay fines, whatever. That's their business. But when you know that and you know there's a better money system, why would you not use that? So I was just pointing that out. And again, I'm not good at TikTok. It took me like 45 minutes to do it. <laughs> it was video, very good. It was like 40 seconds. And shout out to my wife for helping me, or fiance, I should say, soon to be wife, for helping me because I don't I don't know how to use the new stuff. I feel like an old man doing that TikTok. But uh, yeah, it's it came out okay. How old are you? I, I think 32. You're 30. All right. So you're the yeah. same age as I am. Exactly. And so. uh, I went on TikTok one time and I could not figure out how to use it mm-hmm. in terms of creating content. And yep. so then I said, I'm just going to be a consumer on this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is my third download. <laughs> I've deleted it twice because I tried and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't. I don't need. I, I mean, it's so much stuff. But I guess once you sit down. And you have, you know, your time with it. I was like, I'll try it. You know, shout out to my social media manager, Ashley. She has convinced me to do it. She was like, you know, just try it. See what happens. It's working, I guess. It's working. I mean, that just came out this morning. And that's, I think, the most engagement I've got on Twitter in a while. So, uh, I mean, the biggest thing, it's not about social media, but the information. People need to know this because then people will dig deeper. And that's what I want. Just How important just start is it somewhere. to take the right message but put it into the right kind of medium at this point, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you could have just typed that up on Twitter. Yeah. But it's the fact that, like, it was done in a creative way. That's mm-hmm. really what actually makes the message kind of go viral. Oh, yeah. Well, the biggest thing I think now is kids. I think people need to realize no child under the age of 12, almost 13 now, has lived in a world without Bitcoin. So if they're on TikTok, that's where we, we have to meet people where they are. And people mm-hmm. say it all the time in our community. But if they don't. Realize that kids are the ones that realize gamification, um, the ability to send digital money. They live in a digital world. They understand this stuff. That's what I'm focusing on. So uh, if TikTok is the way, that's the way. If teaching a summer camp this summer, which I am doing, that's the way. Because this next generation needs to understand how important this is. So they grow up with it. They're going to be even more hardened than we are. I mean, <laughs> we're we're basically setting the stage for them to come along. So doing that, that's the reason why. And what what is the summer it. camp? 
Uh, the summer camp, the Bitcoin summer camp will be in Charlotte, North Carolina. First time ever in Charlotte um, with innovative learning. Uh, it's a 501c3 after school and summer camp and Bitcoin will be a part of it. July, the first Monday of every July of July, first week. Um, so anybody that wants to sign up, sign up, start uh, in two weeks. Uh, we we have partnered with uh, Big Give to raise money. Shout out to everybody who has donated. And we want to keep it going because there's also a crypto kids camp in Inglewood uh, with Naja Roberts. Uh, she had the very first one. We're doing it on the East Coast. She's on the West Coast. So trying to get that going because, again, we see the importance of kids learning this information. How old are the kids that will go to this? Uh, grades 6 through 10 at my camp. At her camp, I believe grades uh, 5 through 10. Okay. Mm -hmm. So grades 6 through 10, most of these kids don't know anything about economics, money, uh, yeah. finance, any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And in some way, if you can teach them about it before kind mm -hmm. of the system gets to them, mm -hmm. You don't have to teach them to unlearn things. You can yep. just teach them to learn right from scratch. Oh, yeah. And and my mom is a teacher. Grandmother's a teacher. I'm a former teacher. We've seen the public school education system. They don't teach you finances. They don't teach you about balancing any any type of account. Bitcoin does all of that. Teaches you the history of money. You go down the rabbit hole of technology. All of these things are important. And I think that starting early, it gets ingrained in them that this is what's coming anyway. So we might as well start now because we didn't have that during the internet age. I remember we thought of it as like an option to learn the code, which we really should have taken serious because we could have mm -hmm. built some of the Facebooks or Googles. But that is, you know, it is what it is. And we're trying to change that now. I think the first time you came on the podcast, maybe a mm -hmm. year and a half, two years ago at this yes. point, right? Mm -hmm. uh, how has the receptiveness or the understanding of Bitcoin in the black communities across mm -hmm. America changed so far? <laughs> is there progress? Oh, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it's funny. Price drives everything. Yeah, yeah. So price goes up. A lot of people believe you. But also, too, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it is what it is, um, because a lot of people, this is their first time investing. Mm -hmm. So they they need to see the win on the money side. But they also understand um, that there's something wrong with our economy. I mean, the fact that we printed so much money, I believe 25 percent of our total supply just in the last six months. I mean, Jesus Christ, how, how much more can we print? Inflation is increasing. And having that second option is viable. And then COVID was like, I mean, that shocked all of us. Mm -hmm. That was a black swan event within a black swan event of Bitcoin. We didn't see that. But once it happened, I think that's what got people to understand. Maybe there's a different way. Bitcoin may work. You know, cryptocurrencies, you know, whoever wants to deal with them, that could work as well. But um, I think long term, people understand what's coming. So it got easier uh, you know, to explain. And I think the pushback kind of stopped. I haven't had much pushback. Only a few people who haven't even read the white paper uh, <laughs> or people that don't know. But most people are like, I'll at least learn a little bit uh, to get it started, especially with, you know, billionaires getting in, involved. Unfortunately, I mean, I've been talking about eight years, but they need to see that. And then yeah. they're doing it. It, it feels like um, another driving factor here is uh, there's a whole yeah. bunch of studies that show the bottom 45% of Americans yes. who happen to usually live in inner cities, who are minorities, all mm -hmm. this stuff, right? That we just know the deck is stacked against yeah. a lot of folks in these communities. Uh, the bottom 45% experience inflation way more drastically than mm -hmm. the top 40%, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. it's just merely uh, simple things like, hey, if you got a bunch of investable assets versus not, of course, the person that doesn't have investable assets, you're gonna have a hard time with inflation. Money. Other things around the percentage of, let's say, food in terms of uh, your overall monthly spending, yes. right? So mm -hmm. if you're super wealthy and you got a bunch of investments, <laughs> the amount of, that you spend on food is probably actually not that high compared exactly. to somebody who literally, you know, 25, 40% of their paycheck every month goes towards food, right? To feed yep. their family. Mm -hmm. And so I started to look at uh, some of the data and the two data points that just have kind of shocked me 
are uh, Tyson Foods, which won you know thirty mm-hmm. billion dollar food supplier. Yep. Uh, in Q one, they reported the average increase of their products mm-hmm. uh, from a price standpoint seven and a half percent. Wow, thirty <laughs> billion dollar food supplier saying the average increase of our goods mm-hmm. that we sell, we have increased prices on an average by seven and a half percent. Wow. And so that's not every food, right? No. That's not every, that's, but like that's one really that's, big food that's supplier. That's a big food supply. <laughs> that's and I mean, saying even that. commodities, you see commodities going up. I see people making jokes about selling wood behind <laughs> in the alley because it's up what four hundred percent. You can't find it, um, and I think those are indicators for inflation as well, like you just said. Yep, with the food. The second one around the food is there was a study that Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. So I, the reason why Good Morning America is interesting to me is, one, mm-hmm. that's a mainstream audience. Two, yep. that's not a finance, economics, right, uh, Wall Street type audience. Yep. Uh, and then three is they looked at year over year change. And mm-hmm. so what they said was uh, from grocery stores, food prices are up two and a half percent from man. April 2020 to April 2021. Now, man. whether it's right or wrong, mm-hmm. That two and a half percent is way higher than a quote unquote official CPI inflation number. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's again, even if it's not two and a half, it's two percent or it's three percent. Still, still higher than the, the be, official yeah. numbers, mm-hmm. right? And so you start to look at okay, that sounds like you're pushing people to go learn about <laughs> how do I protect my dollars because literally. If I was sitting in dollars, mm-hmm. everything's getting more expensive around me. Listen. But if I'm sitting in this other asset, Bitcoin, everything's getting cheaper around me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just simple math. I mean, over time, compound annual growth, as we know, over 200%. We know over time, the longer you hold Bitcoin, more purchasing power. And again, it's, it's funny. Starting out, I used to always say it was always either rich people that got Bitcoin or that didn't care, or it was poor people like myself who had nothing to lose. And I think we're con- convening now at this point where it's like, well, we both need to use it because all of our dollars are <laughs> are at stake right now because of inflation. So you're right. I think those numbers are they're probably lying. I mean, I just I think most people are lying uh, just to keep you have to keep the, the sheep calm, man. You got to make sure nobody goes crazy. At a certain point, that's going to break. And I think the that house sounded of cards crazy is until last year happened. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I mean, if you came here and you were like, oh, they're all lying. Everyone would be like, all right. Conspiracy mm-hmm. theorists like go sit in the corner. Be they, quiet. They all get now, right. <laughs> the conspiracy theorists are more right than the mainstream media. Hey, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. Conspiracy theorists literally are just. A few years too too early. That's it. That's all conspiracy theories are now because it seems like everything's coming out as the truth. And I, I mean, I don't believe everything, but a lot of it is is just research and data. And we see that. Like, there's no way we're okay right now. We have zero percent interest rates on houses. When, when, what happened last time we had that? I mean, come on, man. You can't you can't hide it. It's I'm, good. It's our money good. supply. You know how they say graphs charts don't go in a straight line. Apparently, it does. Our money supply literally went it's in like a straight a rocket line. Ship. I mean, there was no. It's about to the moon. Then one money supplies to the moon. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, all that money being printed and 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 all of the the data we have, like you just presented. Uh, I mean, you'd be a fool to, to not think something's not going on. Yeah. How important is it, uh, especially for the black community, when yeah. you see like Nas and Jay Z? They put out a new mm-hmm. song. Yeah. Nas talking about uh, Coinbase talking about being the cryptocurrency Scarface. Like yep. he's got a couple of different mm-hmm. lines that are in there that reference investing, cryptocurrency, all this stuff. My man, uh, Jay-Z, right? A couple of times talking about being a billionaire and mm-hmm. then his wife being a billionaire and also like yep. how much impact does that have? It has to be something mm-hmm. that people look up to as aspirational and they're like, oh, well, it's good enough for them. Then I should be learning about this stuff as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, Jay-Z also started a fund with Jack Dorsey. 500 Bitcoin, I believe, fund in Ghana. Um, so he's definitely putting his money where his mouth is. Now he's early investing in Coinbase. Amazing stuff. And I think that helps with people who are not 
uh, regular investors mm-hmm. because they use they use uh, basically the media and and musicians to get messages out. But once they're in there, they can learn from people like us because they'll look for the experts and things of, the, of that nature. So I thank them for their help. I have joked before. It is kind of funny that we look at musicians for financial advice, uh, you know, especially in the black community. And I kind of joked about that saying, hey, I don't really see the white community uh, looking at Eminem for financial advice. <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, all roads lead to Bitcoin and all roads lead to financial how many, prosperity. How so, many black billionaires mm-hmm. are outside of media? In sports. Well, yeah, let's say entertainment and sports. Yeah. Um, Oprah's the most famous. Okay. But even she she's the media. Richest? I believe she's the richest. Okay. Uh, and, but that's still media technically. Media slash business. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. she owned the network. She and owned she, a bunch exactly. of stuff. And right? she was actors. Like she had yep. other stuff. Um, and I would say Robert Smith. Uh, right. Yep. Um, he's, yeah, worth $4 billion. It's not many. Um, and But it doesn't have to be billionaires. Multi-millionaires, millionaires yep. who own businesses, they don't get on TV much. You don't see them. They don't have the flashy stuff. Uh, and I think that's pushed more than the, the average you know, businessman or high you know, CEO that has a business going. But hopefully that can change. The reason why I say that is because actually if you think about most of the billionaires that – if you said to me right now, name, mm-hmm. you know, name five black billionaires, yeah. right? The mm-hmm. ones that come immediately to mind yeah. are Kanye West, Jay-Z, mm-hmm. right? uh, Beyonce – LeBron's probably there, is not already there, right? I mean, you start to go down this list and you're like, wait a second. These are people who not only have built a billion plus dollar fortune, Mm -hmm. right? You can say whatever you want about them. I don't care. (laughs) You can say Kanye West is crazy and I'll tell you, yeah, but he's got six and a half billion dollars and you don't. Crazy billionaire. (laughs) He figured it out. By the way, have you seen Richard Branson? Because that's basically a white Kanye West, right? He's always doing crazy shit too. Exactly. He just can't uh, make a beat. (laughs) 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 So most people don't know him as much. But but that is, uh, to some degree, it's like the people who don't do what the normal person does, they Mm -hmm. get the non-normal result. Exactly. And, and by the way, that can work in positive or negative ways, mm-hmm. right? But you just get the outlier result if you take the outlier action. Yeah. But what's fascinating to me is Kanye, Jay-Z, like these people with the big platforms who mm-hmm. are coming from music or entertainment. Yep. They're starting to talk about it. Yeah. And they're not starting to talk about it from like, a, you know, if you go back, you listen to some of Jay-Z's early music, right? It mm-hmm. was more about, you know, flipping a brick of drugs on the street, <laughs> right? Because yeah. that's what he knew. Yeah. Now all Absolutely. of a sudden he's talking about buying buildings and art and being a billionaire and all reinvesting and all. Yeah, it completely it. changes the conversation, I mm-hmm. think. And and so it's just fascinating to to see this happen. And mm-hmm. then you layer in now all of a sudden they're getting into cryptocurrency, right? It's mm-hmm. becoming cool. Tom Brady, mm-hmm. like oh, all man. these different people start to capitulate and join. Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> you think he's got Bitcoin? I think he does. Um, if not him, his financial manager has to have a little bit. Do I you mean, think he knows anything about Bitcoin? Not particularly. I, he, I don't think he's read the white paper, but I think he knows how it works. <laughs> the number go up. That's how most people view it. And then later they'll say, oh, yeah, this is, you know, yeah, yeah. the best. Money Who do you think created. has more Bitcoin, 50 Cent or Floyd Mayweather? Definitely 50 Cent. Uh, he sold an album for Bitcoin. I think. He yeah, but he like, said he sold the Bitcoin. Yeah, but he, I mean, he probably but, but he saw the, the magic of it and was like, well, let me get a little bit more. I mean, probably 50 Cent. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think they have a substantial amount. That that is still one of the greatest all time beefs on the internet. Oh, is when when uh, Fifty Cent challenged Floyd Mayweather <laughs> to yeah. read a book, and then Jimmy Kimmel said, "You can come do it on my show." So, oh man, that was hilarious. I mean, Fifty Cent is the king of beefs. I mean, he does. I mean, he's hilarious, and he'll challenge you to a fight. I mean, can't really can't really beat Fifty Cent. I think he actually got to fight with Floyd Mayweather. 
like, like a, a fist fight? like a scuffle, a scuffle. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that's like friend stuff. So yeah, I mean it is what it is. Fifty Cent. I follow him on Instagram, and every once in a while he'll post a random photo of somebody, and it's yeah. not obviously not a very uh, flattering <laughs> photo, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I don't have the context behind what the beef <laughs> is, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he uh, yeah, I forget what the hashtags he uses are, mm-hmm. but he uses something like he doesn't, uh, he doesn't forget, like, <laughs> like just you know you just realize like hey dude I'm not messing with this guy mm-hmm. right. Right. Just leave 50 Cent alone, man. You'll be all right. What's the story with Sheets? I saw you. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sheets started accepting Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, yo, I told, like, what is it, like a regional manager yeah, about yeah. it or something? Yeah, like, yeah, years yeah. ago? So, no, it was interesting because during COVID, I left L.A., uh, went to be with my fiance in Virginia where she was at. And I had a few people uh, with brick and mortar stores that were setting up Bitcoin ATMs. So I'm setting up Bitcoin ATMs all through COVID. You know, most people are, you know, sitting inside. I was outside. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, 50 cent, get rich or die trying. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got to make this money. I got a daughter on the way. So I was out here and I was in at the sheets and I had asked the people who worked there a few times about a Bitcoin ATM, but they didn't know what I was talking about. One day, the regional manager just happened to be there, I guess, you know, doing paperwork, whatever. And I mentioned it to him and I said, matter of fact, you all should accept Bitcoin. And he kind of was thinking, he was like, but I don't know what that is. He was just yeah. like, I, I get it. Like, I'm trying to explain it to him. Uh, I don't even know why he listened to me. But I was like, yeah, you all can earn money for just having an ATM and people can accept it. Now, did that turn into them accepting it? I don't know. But the biggest thing is me telling him, I'm pretty sure that's one of the first times he heard it. And maybe their company did research. But who knows? It, that was a, you know. But if they heard one of the if 10 other people do the same thing, right? It exactly. increases the probability. I, I probably told two other sheets, but that was the only one I saw the regional manager. But I mean, again, I've gotten gas stations in LA to get Bitcoin ATMs and to accept Bitcoin. So it wasn't How does that too work when you go and you install an ATM? They get just paid like a percentage yeah, or um, a flat fee? Yeah. So uh, different companies, but one I know for sure, CoinFlip, they'll pay the brick and mortar to house it there. They'll pay you rent. And you don't have to deal with the upkeep. So if you have a brick and mortar store, you can do that right now. If you refer a brick and mortar store, mm-hmm. they'll pay you as a referral. Um, but just helping people do that, the reason I was doing it was more for the community. Mm-hmm. I realize in the black community, a lot of people have cash. Mm-hmm. They have money in the mattress. They can't always get straight on an exchange. I think Cash App has solved a little bit of that problem. New exchanges made it a little easier. But ATMs facilitate the ability for them to get it quicker. And uh, I think when stores do it or, or have it as well in a local place, that helps them on board the Bitcoin. So that's really why I was doing it. You know, did what I had to do, but she's doing it. That's great. Um, the, everybody's going to capitulate at some point. So <laughs> it's better to just do it earlier. They have the infrastructure. Coinstar, same thing. Sent them email 2014, 15. Why can I not put this change? Because I was so poor. I used to pour change and that would be gas money, like $30 worth. Why can't I turn that into Bitcoin? And then four years later, you can do it. And I was like, I don't know if it came from me, but I'm pretty sure I was the first person to mention it. But it happens. I mean, again. Again, they hear it from one, two, from five, one, two. 10, 20 people. It starts like, hey, somewhere. We should, we should pay attention. Exactly. Yeah. But everybody capitulates, so it's all good. Bitcoin wins at the end. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing that is winning is Bitcoin black billionaires. Oh, yeah. What is this? Mm-hmm. One. Two, how the hell do you have 100,000 people in your club? <laughs> hey, man. Um, shout out to Lamar Wilson, uh, co-founder. Uh, he came to me is, with the it, idea. It's Bitcoin black billionaires or black, black Bitcoin? Black Bitcoin billionaires. Okay, black Bitcoin billionaires. On, on Clubhouse. And um, what happened That's was- That's a lot of Bs, man. It's no, a lot of Bs. There's only one other triple B I know. Hey, like I and, said. And that was a clothing brand that went up and maybe exactly. not doing so hot. <laughs> I know. Well, we had a new triple B. <laughs> Alliteration works. That's all I got to say. But black Bitcoin billionaires, absolutely, on Clubhouse. New app. In December, it kind of started, you know, getting popular. Lamar called me. He said, you know, we worked together before. He said, why don't we start a group, teach white people about Bitcoin? You know, the price is going up. It's a, you know, we got to have a sense of urgency. We started it. And I think we've had, uh, let's see, 
10 different um, channels, basically. So we have uh, the Genesis block on Monday. We have uh, Bitcoin office hours. We have uh, Granny Crypto who teaches to older people. <laughs> we have, I mean, it's, it's so many. Wait, what was the last one? Gr- Gr- Granny Crypto. Oh, Granny uh, Crypto. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she teaches as well. I mean, we have moderators that teach different classes. Uh, Club Quavo on Saturdays to keep it fun and light. More like edutainment. And I think getting people Quavo in. Quavo shows up. Hmm? No, it's, oh. a, it's one of our friends, Club oh, okay. Quavo. He's in Miami. Uh, but yeah, he, he has... That sounds like somebody I need to go out with on Friday oh, yeah. night. He, uh, yeah, he has a Lambo. He's a cool guy. And again, part of the Black Bitcoin Billionaires. It's all aspects. Education, entertainment, you know, lifestyle, how things go. And uh, the best part was we teamed up with Cash Out. We were able to give away a million Satoshis to thousands of people. And we were able to give it away for free, teach people about it. And we also have Who Wants to Be a Satoshi Millionaire on Thursdays. So people can come and earn Satoshis. Uh, thank you, Cash Out, for that. Also, some of our other sponsors. But it's, it's great because we're giving people exactly what they want without them necessarily having to buy it. Mm-hmm. Education and a start. Get some skin in the game. So mm-hmm. Black Bitcoin Billionaires is you know pretty much blown up. And out here in Miami, we have a lot of events that we're doing now because of that. What are you guys going to do for the conference? Oh, yeah. So for the conference, uh, we have the Bitcoin Classic, the first Bitcoin tournament that rewards the winners of Bitcoin. Uh, it's a basketball tournament. Basketball tournament. Are you good at basketball? Very. Um, oh, but very. not anymore. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. But not anymore like I used to. Because again, all right. So either I'm you're good now. or you're not good. Oh, right now I'm still one of the best shooters out. All right. But everything else, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 32. Give me a break. But uh, but as far as shooting, I mean, I always tell people this story, and I hate saying it because nobody believes me. But yes. When me and Steph Curry played at his dad's summer camp with Dale Curry, I beat him and his dad in a three-point contest. I don't really. Know, I don't know how many people have beat him in real life, but I know for sure I got the shirt to sign it. And I signed everything. I got the picture and everything to prove it. But yes, so. So you're saying you're better than Steph Curry? I was at one point. No, no. What about now? No, no absolutely. Right. Not. He's the best point guard of all time. Nobody of I all mean, time. Yeah, I think so. All right. Not, not anymore. I, I stopped playing once I you know hurt my knee. <laughs> all right. So. Uh, the other thing is, if you are running the basketball tournament, you're also going to do this uh, with a mansion party. Yeah, so we got the mansion party um, June 5th. It'll be three to eight. Uh, we also three have, to eight mm-hmm. from three in the afternoon to eight p.m. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we partying for a little bit, brother. And, uh, <laughs> what are you guys going to do for five hours in the middle of the afternoon? Uh, networking. You know, we got a pool there, and then uh, listen, it's a, it's a lot. Mansion of party and networking are on two ends of the spectrum. Well, we're gonna try and fuse it together, just like education and entertainment. We're gonna put them together and uh, try and get a lot of people in one spot because a lot of people want to meet the moderators or meet each other. So, mm-hmm. and I can only imagine the traffic um, because again, Mayweather's here. So um, we definitely want to have that, and then we'll have a community event Sunday. Uh, it'll be in Little Haiti. We'll actually be giving away free books. We'll be in the park, and we'll also be having a um, a cookout. I'm sorry, June 5th with um, Naja Roberts and Hill Harper. They have one. We'll, we'll kind of go over there, some of us, uh, for the Black uh, Wall Street app, which mm-hmm. is out today. So, we'll, I mean, we have a lot of events. Actually, I think this is the most black people at any Bitcoin event ever. Really? I, I, I believe so. As far as tickets from spectators and people that are coming to the events, I believe so, which is a big thing for me because I used to be the only black person at events. And I was like, we need this more than anybody. Why are we not around? Yeah. And it's not about, you know, not against other people. It's really about every group is going to have to join in order for it to be mainstream. So you might as well bring them to the conferences, let them see how it works. And I think this is a good example. Black is is there a safety in numbers? Like in terms mm-hmm. of the more people you see, if, if you go to a conference, 5,000 people, mm-hmm. right? I don't care if they're black, white, green, purple, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. 
But then you go to another conference, there's 12,000 people. All of a sudden you feel like, oh, there's 12,000 other people here. Yeah. Like, I must be onto something. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Versus if there's a conference with 20 people, you're like, oh, okay, am I, am I a nerd? Right? Am I, I've am been I a to loser? those too. Yeah, I've been to those too. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been to enough conferences now where it's like, this is amazing. 12,000 people is nothing to sniff at. That's, you know, NFL game. I mean, that's, that's, you know, a small college game. Like, that's pretty good as far as the amount of people, but also the impact we can have if we actually try. I know some people here are coming to flash with each other and eat dinner and laugh, but me being in the streets, working with people, the real people who need it, I've been doing that my whole basically career of learning about Bitcoin. So it feels familiar and being able to do that is going to be great. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Um, talk about the Wall Street. It's Black Wall Street Digital Wallet. Mm -hmm. Well, the Black Wall Street app, and it, it is a digital wallet. But okay. yeah, mm -hmm. and it drops today, May thirty first, um, and it's in uh, celebration of the Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, dating back to nineteen twenty one, hundred year anniversary. So hundred years since then, we explain it. just real high level. Mm -hmm. What is Black Wall Street? And what was the event in Tulsa for those that don't know? Absolutely. So there were many Black Wall Streets around the country, as they were referred to. Um, basically, it was a mostly Black community where they had libraries, they had you know. CEOs, they had airplanes, they had a built up community that was prosperous because they circulated their dollars and they were free to work. However, because of some of the policemen and white men that were around that were jealous, burned it to the ground, killing hundreds of people. I believe there's only a couple survivors left. Now, that was something they actually built it up later, but it was never really the same. And in other places, the same thing happened. Florida, Georgia, uh, all over the place um, and Wilmington, North Carolina. All of these places had economic growth in black communities that were burned to the ground by people who were either jealous or didn't want to economically let them get forward. So in celebration of that, uh, 100 years later, what we're doing is building a digital Black Wall Street, because as I've said before, you can't burn down Bitcoin. And the, the best part about this, this whole movement is that because it is global, we have the backing of people from everywhere, not just a small brick and mortar community that can be tainted. So I'm, I'm glad Hill Harper and Naja Roberts have introduced that helping consult with that with Lamar and other people. They have a great tech team, and I think it's going to take off because, again, they, they, have, they have the ability to dollar-cost average into Bitcoin as well as have a digital wallet, which I think bodes well for the future. Why does the Tulsa, Oklahoma one get so much attention compared mm -hmm. to the other ones? I didn't know that there was other situations oh, yeah. where this had occurred. So why um, does that one get a, I think it was, a lot of the attention? I think it was considered the most prosperous okay. of all so of it's them. So kind of the, the biggest it's, it's kind of the biggest yeah. one. Yep, absolutely. And because they did have so much commerce. Matter of fact, it was so heinous when it happened that they showed it as an opening scene on Watchmen uh, and people thought it was fake. <laughs> they were like, why would you show all of this murder and all this stuff? And they were like, this really happened. That's how crazy it was. So we can only um, really, you know, celebrate our ancestors by doing something economically mm -hmm. because since that time, nothing has really worked. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think economically taking that step, I'm sorry it took a hundred years, but shout out to the ancestors that built that time. We're doing that now in 2021. You were the person who turned me on to the whole idea of uh, when a system is stacked against its people, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. uh, just as a population in general, not, yeah. nothing to do uh, um, with the color of someone's skin. The only way to fight back is through technology, mm -hmm. uh, which I think most people, okay, they understand that. Yeah. But specifically, the black community's relationship with money, banks, the mm -hmm. financial system, yep. the censorship resistance mm -hmm. becomes incredibly important. The decentralization of all of yep. this becomes the most important thing, right? Mm -hmm. Which is ultimately what Bitcoin is, uh, is going after. Um, but once you start to educate people, it almost becomes the default, right? In mm -hmm. that, why would I go and use a system that I know is stacked <laughs> against me when yeah. I have a system that, when I want a loan, it just says, I don't 
care who you are. I don't even need to know your name. Just you got the assets or not. Exactly. Completely different way of thinking about it, right? Oh, Compared yeah. to the legacy system where it's mm-hmm. come in, where do you work? How much money is in your bank account? You know, mm-hmm. uh, what address a certain way. You gotta yeah, dude, sh- send me your electrical bill. Mm-hmm. And you know, all this and like nonsense, right? Also, yeah. And I mean, even then, you still might get denied for a loan. Or if you get it, pay higher rates because there are banks that have paid those fees in lawsuits uh, because they've given higher rates to black and brown people for the same qualifications, just based off of what, I don't know, zip code or how they look or who knows. Um, but you're right. Uh, we, owe, we owe them no allegiance. And it, in hindsight, I think in the next few years, in hindsight, it's going to make perfect sense that we move to Bitcoin. Like, I feel bad for people who just kind of push it away completely. Uh, your grandkids are probably going to... Not respect you because you're be like, what did you do during the biggest transfer of wealth of all time? Oh, well, I was on Twitter telling everybody not to buy it or that it was bad for the environment. Uh, those people that said that 99 about Amazon look stupid on Forbes. I'm sorry. As you look dumb now because who's talking about Amazon's environmental impact right now? Nobody. Same thing with Bitcoin. It's taking its lumps. It's taking its, its criticism. But in hindsight, I think the black community will realize this is going to happen. I mean, technology eats everything. And you're right. It does solve a lot of the racist stuff we saw. Like, Black people not getting a taxi in New York, Uber solved that. Now taxi drivers are begging black people, please get in my taxi because they don't have any business. So it, it happens. Uh, <laughs> it happens. So true. That's what tech does. And I think Bitcoin does that now. Explain it more. So mm-hmm. there's a problem with taxi drivers. I've seen the signs in the taxis mm-hmm. in New York City that basically says it's a crime not to pick up somebody based on the color of their skin, nah, their well, that's gender, emotional. whatever, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it was obviously a problem, problem enough where they would go and they would actually put uh, the signs in. Uber basically said, look, you press a button, they don't even know who you are until they show up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that completely As removes all the issues. Mm-hmm. And tech, that's technology specifically addressing that issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, not intentionally, not, that's not why Uber was created, right? Yeah. but it's a, a second order effect of it. Mm-hmm. And so Bitcoin essentially having a very similar second order effect here, right? Bitcoin mm-hmm. was created for just a human, yeah. but this ends up being a, a second order benefit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and decentralization is on a scale, right? So Uber's not completely decentralized, but it's more decentralized than the taxis are. And then you may get something more decentralized than that in the future, whereas no central authority. It's literally anybody can use it, you know, and you can check through smart contract, you know, however it moves. But yeah, that's what they did. And I think, uh, again, Bitcoin would do the same thing just as we as we've seen with other technology. You've mentioned Floyd Mayweather multiple times. Mm-hmm. He's going to headline. I put that in air quotes. I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Of the Bitcoin conference. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, or indifferent that um, uh, Floyd Mayweather is the headline. <laughs> I think it's good for publicity, but I'm kind of indifferent. I mean, again, me and you, we've been to plenty of conferences. Who cares, right? I mean, you're going to talk when you talk. If you need to put him at the front, then that's fine as well. He gets up there. He says what he has to say. Uh, he has a fight this weekend, so maybe just promotion. Is it a fight? Really no. This is, uh, <laughs> this is a good good, good payoff and uh, some good entertainment. I mean, I think the, be- the best fight was when he took his hat and he ran off with it or whatever he took. That was the only real fight. Yeah, that was the real fight. So, I mean, I think this one may go two rounds if that, like, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, two of the greatest marketers of our generation. Very, yeah. I think they're moving up there with the Chris Jenner uh, as far as marketing and media. Because <laughs> how they got this far to fight in Floyd Mayweather, I don't know. But it's Logan going, Paul. going from a YouTuber to that is, I mean, Yeah, I'll give you admirable. one even better. Logan Paul. And look, and look from everything I understand, mm-hmm. incredibly intelligent, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Incredibly hardworking. You have to be, yeah. Very successful when he puts his mind to doing something, mm-hmm. him and his team. Uh, and also very creative from a, if you look at the various lines of business mm-hmm. and all that like so again very similar to what I think people would say about like a Chris Jenner and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But he's had two fights, <laughs> right? And I think he lost one and he had a tie. Yeah. So 
Again, mm-hmm. zero disrespect at all, right? Because guess what? If him and I got in a, uh, mm-hmm. into a ring, he's like six inches taller than that <laughs> take, right? Yeah. Uh, I still might whoop his ass. Uh, but Get the right punch. You never know. Yeah. He gets in the ring with Floyd Mayweather. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a skill to get Floyd Mayweather to agree mm-hmm. to this fight. Marketing genius. I mean, if the money is right, that's one thing about money in business. If the money's right, man, none of that other stuff matters. It's like, well, we can both. Do we know how much not. they're all getting paid? I don't know the purse, but did, how much did he make last time? Like 50 million? I don't know. I don't know. No, Jake Paul didn't make 50 Jake million. Jake Paul, 25? I don't know. But no, no, no. My guess is that he made five to 10. Which, by, which, by the way, way for a, five to 10 million dollars is a lot of money. For a, a right? fight, how many people fight for free? I mean, come on. I think Ben Askren got a million dollars. Yeah, and, and Ben Ben showed up <laughs> like he just finished drinking beers at the bar. <laughs> no, nah, I, I think Ben trained very hard for yeah, this. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ben and Dev. I love you, Ben. But I was like, he showed up for the money. He just wanted to get it all. He was like, I can fight, but. I don't really care about this dude. I mean, it's whatever. Out of the whole but group, Floyd, Ben Askren is the smartest one. Yeah, I, I think he, Floyd. He was in the ring for 15, 15 seconds. seconds. He got like, a I got partying to do, man. Give me my million dollars. I'm out of here. I would have did it too. <laughs> Let me know when I can get that contract, uh, Jake Paul. I'll, I'll jump in there for 15 seconds. So how, how, much would it, how much would it take you to fight Jake Paul in the ring? Oh, man. Uh, I'd take, I take 10 million. 10 million? Yeah. But you wouldn't do it for a million? No, that's not enough. I got it. I no, mean, five ten, at least 10, uh, five to 10. I was five say. to 10. All right. Yeah, so I, already, also I already too, neg- I'm like Don King. I already also negotiated too, I have down to 50%. a lot longer than they do <laughs> to get it going. Well, Ben, I mean, Ben didn't train. Yeah, but at least he fought before. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just do, you know. I actually think regularly. Ben trained more than we think he did, mm-hmm. but everyone expected him not to train at all. No, and yeah. therefore, you know, mm-hmm. training for two hours a yeah. day was, was a step hey, up. Hey, Ben's got crypto or. Whatever he's he got the podcast he's chilling man he's not really worried about Askren fighting. Acres that's what he that's what he calls Askren, it. Askren Acres. Acres oh man <laughs> <laughs> love you man hope to see you soon man but yeah that was that was funny because again marketing genius he got in there people watched it made money from it why not yeah mm-hmm. it's so good uh, do we think that Logan Paul has any chance no I think, no I think Floyd may stretch it out just for fun. But no, I mean, I think that Logan he's Paul, 50 and no for a reason. I, mean, I think that Logan Paul has one opportunity. If he gets off a, a for, it, first round, just run out. Yeah. J- just literally <laughs> like just they treat like a UFC Lay fight, him. essentially. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're bigger, you're stronger yeah. and just all out gas yourself. Maybe you get lucky. <coughs> if it happens, you're a legend. Couple kidney punches. Yeah, it, you're a legend. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't happen, you were going to lose anyways and just, okay, everyone's going to say, Dan, you got in the ring with yeah. a 15 old, you know, world yeah. champion. He has no expectations. So I think that's his best, his best asset right now. No expectations, no pressure. Why not? What happens if he knocks out Floyd Mayweather? Oh, man, that would just confirm that we're in the Matrix. I mean, I've, <laughs> there's been some weird shit happening in this last couple of years. There's, I don't know. That's age, all I keep saying to myself. Is, age, I wouldn't be listen. surprised. Age of Aquarius people and people that talk about end of times and all. It's some weird shit that's been happening the last few. I mean, if Logan I Paul knocks surprised. out Floyd Mayweather, is it the greatest knockout of all time? Greatest it has to be. I mean, I mean, it's like a, you, it's a non-professional and the maybe greatest of all time. Yes, you I mean, legitimately have to start asking yourself, like, okay, cool, I kid Ali and, and Frazier, like all these different fights, like. Nah, Logan just, Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, but I if think, Logan Paul knocks him out, might be it top ten knockouts. Nah, it's easy number one, but it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Floyd's gonna win easily. You might stretch it out, have some fun, dance around a little bit. Yeah, he's going. You can't hit him. I mean, did Floyd's you not think that Conor hit. McGregor had a chance when they boxed? No, I didn't think no. he had a chance either. All right, so I actually thought Conor mm-hmm. McGregor had more of a chance than most people thought he had. Yeah, I think, and, I, and I was pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. by the the uh, when he showed up, how mm-hmm. well he performed. He lost. Yep. 
right? It was but he very came clear. At him. I, I liked how he fought him. He, yeah. he did try and actually box him. After like mm-hmm. six rounds with the McGregor fight, it was pretty obvious that, yeah. hey, look, he's not going to win this because he just got tired out all the stuff. And yeah. Mayweather is the you know one yeah. of, if not the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, that's what I say. He just got to try to knock him out in the first round. Just yeah. literally come out yes, as, and just say, man, can, forget yeah. a three-minute round. I'm going to come out. I got 30 seconds. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Come out swinging as hard as you can. Because, I mean, again, I think Floyd, he just he just suffers from LeBron James syndrome. We get tired of seeing greatness over and over, so you try to make up a reason in your head why you'll lose. And you think about it, like, no, nah, he's not going to lose. But the best chance is that. Run at him as hard as you can. Maybe grab him a little bit. Try and get some punches in there. But uh, that's about it. I don't, after that, it's... He's not landing many punches on Floyd. Good luck, man. I mean, <laughs> have fun, but it's not happening. I'm sorry. I, I think he just needs the money. Yeah. I mean, how much do you think Floyd's getting? Oh, Floyd ain't stepping in the ring for less than 50. That's what I said. I said yeah. at least 50 million, and that's not a bad thing. If I can get in a fight with uh, the, the ring and fight a non professional for 50 million free dollars, hmm, hang out in Miami for the weekend. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I, my guess is that. 50 is the starting number. Then he yeah. gets a piece of piece all of the stuff. He, has, yeah. he stays relevant, mm-hmm. like all this kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, McGregor, would he get $100 million? Something like that, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like you, you start to put the numbers together, and you're like, yeah, yeah, man, if you're getting paid $100 million to fight you know, Conor McGregor, he, you're not stepping in at 50% less to go yeah. fight a YouTuber. On the off chance mm-hmm. that he gets lucky and with a shot and it. knocks you out, and mm-hmm. your whole career is defined by you got knocked out by a YouTuber. Man, he better get some big money off of that. Because I hope he... <laughs> I hope he gets money off the replays or, you know, whoever plays it after that. Because if that happens, man, the residuals from that, everybody will just rewatch. Well, that, that's that. part of it. If I'm Floyd Mayweather, I'm negotiating the contract. I'm like, look, mm-hmm. I want my 50 million, 100 million, whatever the number mm-hmm. is. And by the way, if there's a knockout, I want to get paid. Right. Everything from the, yeah. Whatever because TV station because there, literally you're going to ruin all this yeah, stuff. You, so pay you, you pay me a bonus for getting knocked yeah, out. Yeah, I want to NFT it and only, <laughs> only sell five copies. Only five. But I mean, again, it's... It's fun to talk about, but I am glad he is at a Bitcoin conference because he was messing with some shitcoin before that. I don't know who introduced him, but it's a lot of them in 2017. You know, T.I., Jamie Foxx, DJ Khaled. I'm glad we got all that out the way. Hopefully, they can come talk to somebody like myself or others, black Bitcoin billionaires, who can lead them to the light. Because if they go that way, then their message will resonate more like with Jay-Z and Nas. Russ Okong. Right, exactly. Saquon, perfect. Mm-hmm. A bunch of these Saquon guys Barkley, who are yeah. in that same circle of athlete, entertainer, mm-hmm. musician, yeah. right? They get it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and Lala Anthony out there in entertainment, Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, people that I've talked to that are you know quote unquote famous are getting it now because they saw the ICO bubble. They see sort of the scams going away, and they're like, no, what's the real information? And I think we have a perfect time of doing that right now. Tom Brady mm-hmm. drastically <laughs> underrated how important it was that he capitulated and jumped. Oh in. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of these professional athletes <laughs> that I've talked to have said, "Oh, Thompson, Brady, Brady, I'm in. <laughs> he's the goat, right? Oh yeah. How are you not gonna listen to Tom Brady? Now, every time I bring up Tom Brady, I have to say that he's zero two in the Super Bowl against Eli Manning and the New York Giants. <laughs> of course, but other than that, wouldn't he's expect the goat. Anything, right? Wouldn't expect anything less. Man. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's funny. Those are the two that I literally was sure they were gonna win. Now, both lost, and then uh, I got lucky some other ones, but he's what still was the goat. It they, uh, was it? 08? No. Whichever was the one where Tyree caught it on his helmet. Yeah, I think was it was like, 2012 what was that? or whatever yeah. when David mm-hmm. Tyree and they mm-hmm. broke and they broke the undefeated season. The undefeated season. And that's right. when I was like, sure, they were winning. Nope. And then the second time I was like, they're gonna get revenge. They gotta get nope. I was like, man, that was I was wrong on both of those. 
Lost a little money on that, Tom. Never bet against the New York Giants. <laughs> and by the way, the New York Giants, they don't win the Super Bowl if they're good. Oh, yeah. And they don't win the Super Bowl if they're bad. But if they go 8-8 eight eight in the regular season, Mediocre watch wins, baby. out. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I used to always say, I feel like they're saving themselves because they're actually better than this. Because they get to the playoffs and they were running through people to get to them. But it's all good, man. In Saquon, we trust. Oh, yeah. Y'all making the comeback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, where can we send people to get the book, summer camp, and then anything you're doing with the conference? Oh, yeah. So uh, the book, BitcoinAndBlackAmerica.com. The summer camp, uh, it'll be posted on GiveTrack.com. You can follow the progress there. And then at the conference, I'll be speaking June 4th uh, at 110, speaking of what is a Bitcoiner, which should be interesting. Um, And then after that, I'll be around at Black Bitcoin Billionaire's Mansion. You can find it on BlackBitcoinBillionaire.com. Black Billionaire. Black Bitcoin Billionaire. Black Bitcoin Billionaire.com. All right. Yep. before I let you go, the book, you're on the second version? Second version is on pre-order, and it'll be released this month. Absolutely. Okay, so yep. first one people can go buy, you can go second right version. Now. Is it just pre-order. updated, or is it a whole new whole set new of content? Book, seven new chapters, and it also includes audiobook. It has the digital copy and three webinars attached. It's more of an okay. educational experience because people need to learn, you know, sense of urgency. So if mm-hmm. somebody bought the first one, they should definitely still go buy the second one. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Take it a step up, man. You got to step All right. up by game. And then where can people find you on Twitter? <laughs> At Bitcoin Zay and uh, Instagram, the Isaiah Jackson. Yeah, you got to throw the TikTok out there now that you're a TikToker. Hey, man, I got two TikToks out, baby. It took me a total of an hour and a half, but I'm getting it. I'm getting close. But uh, hopefully, because I've seen some crypto TikToks that were just horrendous. I'm like, Jesus Christ, these people suck. I you see, the, you see the guy who did the scam token? No, no, I haven't. I mean, I'm not that deep. I got four followers, man. There's there's a guy who uh, he said something like, uh, watch this. Mm. And he he created scam token. And Mm. it was like secure, computerized, Mm. automatic. He just did some word salad. But it spelled scam, (laughs) S-C-A-M. And then he put it together. And he he was like, read it out. And he was like, scam. (laughs) And then he like released it. And uh, it had like, I don't know. $70,000 $70,000 market cap within seconds. He was like, y'all idiots out here. <laughs> buying everything. Yeah. Y'all he was like, by the way, crazy. I don't know what I just did. I just released a scam. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just copy and paste somebody's uh, GitHub, blow something up there, I'm buying that smart chain. I've seen some terrible coins. You can probably get a $100,000 market cap in two days because it's like bots that just buy the new stuff just in case. It's, it's crazy, but that's that's a, that's what we're in now. It's, it's, it, it's the Wild West still. In certain aspects, just like 2017. But that's what Bitcoin is for. That's why I love it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Listen, we're going to do this again. Thank you so much for coming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Anytime, man.